that will better our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 18 to 19. 1 Corinthians chapter nine, uh, 1, verse 18 to 19. The Bible says that, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14, 25 to 27. Luke chapter number 14 from verse number 25 to 27. The Bible says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If any man comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. I think Jesus is very straight. What do you think? He's a straight shooter. He doesn't mince words. He's very, very clear. He says that whoever does not bear his cross and come after me is not worthy of me. You have to bear your cross. The, the word bearing your cross means being prepared to sacrifice everything. Amen. And he's saying that if you don't hate your father, your mother, your sisters, your uh, brothers, and even your own life, then you are not worthy to be my disciple. Amen. What he's saying that the prerequisite of being a disciple is hating the things that the, the life of this flesh loves. Am I making sense? This flesh loves some things. And Jesus is saying that if you don't hate those things, you cannot be my disciple. Amen. It's very, very clear. The scripture we read before says that the message of the cross is foolishness. Why is it foolishness? It's foolishness because the things that the, this life wants is to preserve the life. And he says that, kill yourself. The thing that this life lo loves is to love your family. Love your life. Love everything that loves you. Amen. And he is saying that you must hate those things. Otherwise, you are not worthy of me. Amen. So, the message is very simple. Our message for tonight, it says that sacrifice is what God requires. Sacrifice is what God requires. Amen. Very simple. Sacrifice is what? And what is God requiring us to sacrifice? Your life. Amen. Your life. Hate your father, hate your mother, hate your wife, hate your children, your brothers, your sisters, and even your own life. Amen. Hate all these things. Otherwise, you are not worthy of me. Amen. You are not worthy of me. And uh, 
we have looked about a few things about sacrifice. Let's revise a few of the things we've seen. I said to you that sacrifice does not negate obedience. Amen. Modern Christians, we like, we don't mind sacrificing if that will make us get out of obeying the word. And um, Samuel said to Saul that does God delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as obeying the Lord to obey is better than to sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. You see, this particular scripture we are seeing is one in the same because the scripture is telling you to sacrifice. Are you with me? And so to obey is to sacrifice. Hallelujah. A lot of people try to find a way around it like Saul. Saul is saying that, listen, I, I went to do exactly what you told me to do. The people wanted to bring sacrifices to God for helping them. But the instruction was simple. Don't bring any sacrifice. You kill. Because you're killing the, the things is the sacrifice. Hallelujah. I say you're killing the things is the sacrifice. You didn't hear what I said. You're killing the things is the sacrifice God is requiring. Let's look at the things we need to kill. So how many souls do we have here? Give me a wave if you're a soul. A soul means that the one that God has instructed. How many have been instructed? God has instructed you. So you are soul. And he's saying that don't give me sacrifice. Give me obedience. Hallelujah. Please God is the thing that he's telling us to stop doing. How many know that sin is nice? If sin wasn't nice, we wouldn't want to do it. The Bible says that, and when the woman saw the fruit, that it was good for food. One that would taste nice and desiring to make you wise, she ate it. Hallelujah. So sin is good. The Bible says that Moses forsook the pleasures of Egypt, the pleasures of sin, and he put himself under bondage. And that is what God is telling us to do. The, the equivalent of Moses is what he said. If you become Pharaoh's daughter's son, you have the privileges of this world, this present age. The, the privilege of Egypt is your portion. All the delicacies of Egypt is, is at your beck and call. All the women of Egypt at your, is at your beck and call. All those things are yours. Moses, just stay where you are. Be the son of Pharaoh's daughter and you are sorted. But if you want to obey me, then you have to deny yourself of these things. And become an enemy to Pharaoh's house. Which means that you are going to be under bondage like the rest of Israel. Am I making sense? How many are understanding? So, if the things you used to do, Moses, you are still doing them, then you are not obeying me. 
I don't know whether you are getting what I say. If you don't rid yourself of the pleasures of Egypt, you cannot be a servant of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. I am struggling with the message because everybody's gone flat. But I'm not, I'm not stopping. Verse 17 says that this I say therefore, and I testify to the Lord. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, Moses, in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who, being past feeling, have given themselves to lewdness to work all unclean uncleanliness with greediness. Jump to 25. Therefore, someone says, therefore. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Amen. So the things we used to do, number one, lying. Number two, be angry and do not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Number, number three, don't give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to whom has need. Amen. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but, let, but what is good, necessary edification, that may impact grace to the hearers. Amen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed for the day of redemption. So he's giving us a few things. Rid yourself of all these things. Wrath, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, all those things. Rid yourself of them. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, yeah, so... We are doing a checklist. If we are still lying, we are still stealing, we are still cheating, we are still full of unforgiveness, anger, clamor, bitterness. You are bitter against your brother. All those things are the things that the flesh loves to do. Amen. All these things, they come easy to you. Sacrifice does not come easy to anybody. Kindness and forgiveness does not come easy to anybody. It is something that you have to sacrifice to do. I don't know whether you are getting the message. So Moses, if you are going to be a Moses, you cannot enjoy the delicacies of Egypt. I can imagine that Moses had like a lot of uh, maidens that used to attend to him. I'm looking at coming to America. He used to sleep with free women. Any type of food he wanted to eat was his. He didn't have to lift a finger to do anything. Servants were at his beck and call doing all those things. Life was enjoyable. Hallelujah. Life is enjoyable when you can manipulate people. When you can steal, when you can cheat, when you can lie. When you can do all those things, 
connive and all that, life becomes enjoyable. The problem we have in the modern day church is that this type of message is not being preached. That is why you have a lot of Christians, but lives are not being changed. Because the checklist has not been done. Hallelujah. We are still lying. We are still cheating. We are still stealing. We are still unforgiving. You can see people are in the church, but they have sugar daddies. People are in the church, but they have four or five different girlfriends, side chicks. No, are there deacons and elders in the church? Their life has not changed one bit. Moses is still Pharaoh's daughter's son, but yet he's still Moses. Oh, you don't like the message. I said, today I knew that I won't get one amen, not even one. <laughs> I knew that not even one amen would come, so I brought one bag full of amen. Moses, if you don't give up your title and the privileges, you will not be a Moses. And giving them up is not an easy thing. It's a conscious thing. The natural thing that I would do, have done in this particular instance to lie. Because I'm hot. I've been caught. But if I lie, there will be none the wiser. And I'll get away. So, I need to lie. But, he says that Moses, the pleasures of sin has to be dropped. So, you have to learn to speak the truth even though it's going to cost you. Hallelujah. The things you used to do. All of us used to do different things. That's why I don't want to mention anything. Because when I mention one thing and you are not in it, you think that the message doesn't belong to you. That's why I'm not mentioning any one thing. So you yourself, you find out the things you used to do. Because the things we used to do, they are different things for different people. Amen. Because if I say that the drinking that you used to drink and you don't drink, you are out. The smoking that you've never smoked, you are out. The chasing of women, you never chased, you are out. The chasing of men, you never chased, you are out. But you used to do other things. So I am not mentioning anything. So that's our pastor mentioning one, two, three, four. You see, the hypocrisy we have is that we have labeled some sins big sins, and we have labeled some sins minor sins. But Jesus is saying, the ones you call minor are even worse. Like pride, like unforgiveness, like malice, setting traps for people. If this person falls into my trap, I have set a trap. They will be caught. And when they are caught, it's only Christians I know when a brother falls in, into any trouble, they rejoice secretly in their hearts. Openly. Secretly, because our lives haven't changed, there's no mercy and forgiveness. When it is you who is caught, you want forgiveness and mercy, but when it's your brother, you want to expose, you want to join CNN. Hallelujah! So, the things we used to do, 
do them no more. Paul has given us a few of the lists. I am sure if we go through, we can get more to add to the list. But I want you to use your own, your own list, not Paul's list. Your own list. Because believe you me, if we use this list, Christianity will change. The power of God will come again. On Sunday, I was saying that the more we sacrifice, the more power or the closer we get to God and the more power we derive. The more authority we get, the more you go to the, towards the cross. And the, the gate fee to going towards the cross is what? Sacrifice. The reason why we are not getting any closer to God is because we are refusing to sacrifice. So number one is what? The things you used to do. Number two, the things you used to say. The things you used to say. He said that cursing and swearing and all those type of things, take them out of your mouth. Hallelujah. How can we be sure that you are really changed from the inside out? If what is coming out from the inside is still rubbish. For I read somewhere in the Bible, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you are swearing comes easy. Cursing comes easy. The heart is full of it. It means you are not changed. Because when you are changed, it starts from inside and it comes out. When you squeeze a sponge, whatever comes out is what the sponge is full of. True or not true? If you squeeze a sponge and oily, dirty grunge comes out, it means the sponge is full of what? Oily, dirty grunge. That is what is so... When you are squeezed, what comes out of you? When you are angered, what is the, 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 the go-to thing that you see? Hallelujah. That is who you are. Amen. The things I used to say, I say them no more. The places I used to go, your legs used to carry you to some places. Amen. You must not go there anymore. Some of these places are not necessarily sinful places. But the more you, you still go there, the less change you have. For instance, when I was young, every Saturday you find me in the stadium when those times I don't want to give you my age, but they had, where I come from, they had closed the main stadium. So they used to play in a place called Elwak. And Elwak was not far from my house. And there were some bars that had been. So we used to squeeze in between the bars. And then we are in the stadium. When 
Accra has to folk and uh, Mufre wonders were playing. I was there with Abdullah Chisko in Go. Forget about those. But it was not necessarily a sin. But I was there Saturday, Sunday, we go to the beach. The first thing I had to let go was going to the stadium because Saturday was fellowship day. And Sunday was church day. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Going to the stadium was not, it was something that everybody used to do. So it was second nature. Are you getting it? I was very young then, but I, it was, that's where we used to go, Saturday. So we go Sunday, we go to the beach. Saturday we go, Sunday we go to the beach. Some people used to go to the nightclub. You can't get born again and you are still at the nightclub. Uh, Pastor, but where in the Bible is it written that you must not go into there? I am glad you ask. <laughs> <laughs> First Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 to 24 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray your God, I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Jesus Christ, faithful is he that called you who also would do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Appearance of evil. Appearance of evil. Appearance of evil. What number am I on? Number three, the clothes you used to wear. Number four, the clothes we used to wear. It's part of the appearance of evil. There's nothing wrong with the clothes. Who will agree with me? There's nothing wrong with the clothes that we are wearing. As sexy as they may be. But I read somewhere in the Bible, in Romans chapter 14 verse 13. It says, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. But rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. If you know that your clothes is going to entice somebody. We, we used to be in a certain part of the world. And almost every clothes that the ladies go to the shop to get are low v-neck. Is it low, what do you call that? It, it's designed to expose their breasts. Every, almost every, every, when you go to the shops, the clothes that are there is designed to show their breasts. I mean, I preached about it thousands of times. It didn't change because one sister came to the pastor, what should we wear? Because we don't have anything that, we go to the shop, it is all like that. Hallelujah. And she said, pastor, if that is my best feature, on my body. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the scripture says what? Let us not put a stumbling block. Anything that will cause somebody to stumble. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It is not a sin per se. You see, I don't want us to get into religion. Do's and don'ts. No. But then, the scripture is very clear. You, Moses, you cannot be one leg in Egypt, one leg in Goshen. It doesn't work. If you are in Egypt, be in Egypt properly. If you are in Goshen, be in Goshen. So some people have clothes they bring to church and clothes they wear outside. So that we are part-time Egyptians and part-time Israelites. No, no. Hallelujah. Sacrifice is said that it will cost you something. Amen. Now, beloved brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living, someone say living, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. It is a living sacrifice. Everybody wants to wear something pretty to be attractive. Do you understand what I'm saying? But look at the, the, the type of people their dress is making you attract. Nothing is left to the imagination. Everything is hanging out there. Or is lying there. Hallelujah. I mean, you are wearing the, every, two, every two steps, you have to pull it down. Two steps, you have to pull it down. I mean, something should tell you that this is not right. At some point. You see why you've gone quiet? Can you see what I'm talking about? Because we are not dead yet. Because a dead body is not very ashamed of certain things. If it's a live body, that is a shame of some things. <laughs> I mean, know what I'm talking about. But this religion is a religion of dead things. Because once you are crucified, you are dead. You are dead too. Dead too. Which means that these things must not be the things that entice you. Hallelujah. Am I preaching? You don't like my message. The way you are looking at me. <laughs> Today we are doing our own checklist. Our own checklist. Personal checklist. I will not cause, you know, like sometimes I'm trying to be very, you know, like there are some sanguine type of people that like oh, anytime time they are talking to them, they'll be hitting you and it's like, to them that is who they are. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if that is causing a sister to stumble, to think that she's falling in love, then there is a problem. See? Amen, oh, amen. I brought it. I knew you won't say it, so I brought it. The people you used to move with, 
the people used to move with. How can you be still moving with the Pharaoh's uh, nephews and nieces when you say now you are not no longer an Egyptian, you are an Israelite? How do we take you serious? Point to me your friends. Point to me your acquaintances. Point to me the people that you are close And I will tell you whether you are still born, you are born again or not. Because those are the people you need to sacrifice. Hallelujah. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Do you not know that? Hallelujah. Your friend is Jezebel. Your friend is Rahab the Ahalot. Delilah, Jezebel. There is something wrong. How many know what I'm talking about? So I don't want to be part of the square people. I still want to be part of the, you know, the popular people. How many know the, the guys I'm talking about? The popular people that everyone you are friends with, you get clout. When you are friends with those type of SU-looking type of brothers and sisters, you are boring. You are no longer popular. Those square type of people, they look very awkward everywhere. Social misfits. (laughs) They want to be part of cool and the gang. Some of these things are not necessarily sins, but it is telling me that you are still alive and not dead yet. Because if you don't deny yourself and take up the cross, you are not worthy to be called my disciple. This is what Jesus is saying. Which means that when you are a Christian, it has to be clear. We cannot look at you and be confused. Whether are you part, you know, when your friends get to know that you go to church, they are surprised. Because you are still with us. <laughs> we, are, we, we are here. When they go and they are buying their, uh, what do you call it, their weeds and everything, then you are drinking uh, tonic, quinine tonic, or diet coke, and then they are mixing their drinks. What fellowship has light got to do with darkness? Amen. The reason why the number of Christians are growing daily, but their behavior has never been changed, is because this type of message is not preached in the church. See how you don't want to say any amen. See how you are struggling to say amen. 
If I was preaching about prosperity or something, the place would be full of amens. I knew I wasn't going to get one. So I brought a bag full. Mom will close your nose and push the, the medicine in. Then she, you are crying. Hey, hey. And then as you are crying, your, your, your sofa goes to open. Then it goes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the, the number one was what? The things we used to do. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six, the music you used to listen to. First Corinthians 14, 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, but none of them is without significance. Music sets the mood. Do you understand what I'm saying? And sometimes it sets the mood for the wrong things. There's nothing without significance. There's no sound that hasn't got any significance. There's no voice that has no significance. So as for this one, it is just, you know, it's just there. I remember when one got born again, some of these things we, they used to teach us, and then we used to argue that, okay, we'll play jazz without words. <laughs> because that one is just jazz. See, no, but even the jazz, it sets the mood. Demons come or demons leave? Are you kidding? These days, the music that the, even the so-called Christians are making, it can be played in a nightclub, it can be played in a church. So, no, you don't understand. We have a crossover appeal. No, you are demonized. There should be difference between Moses as an Israelite and Moses as an Egyptian. They are not the two. They are the two are not the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? There must be great change in our lives. Our music must change. If music could drive demons out of Saul, music can bring demons. You go and visit that brother, and then he puts candle lights. He kills the light, and he puts some red candles, and then he dims, or he dims the light, and he starts to play certain music. Except what do you think is going to happen at, with that visit? <laughs> you are holding hands and praying. Okay. God bless you for holding hands and praying. <laughs> Me, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him that you're going to hold hands and pray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the things you used to see. First Peter 2, 6 to 8. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct 
of the wicked people. The conduct that he used to see all the time. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. First Peter 2, 6 to 8. Amen. The things you used to see, the things you are seeing, Hallelujah. Number one was what? Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Number eight. The work you used to do. You used to work in the nightclub. You used to work in the bar. Uh, Pastor, you don't understand. If I don't work, what the, how am I going to feed? How am I going to live? Don't, don't, don't give me that crap. If you are going to remain there, Mr. Lot, your righteous soul is going to be vexed. Hallelujah. Part of the sacrifice is to move away from that job. I know that job comes with a lot of tips. But it's the same job that will turn you into something that you don't want to become. We had a brother in this church. Young guy. He was working. He was in church. He was doing very well. And he was working in a restaurant. A, a, a bar. Before we knew it, he had started drinking. Because part of their things, they mix and mix. And as they are mixing, they are drinking. It's part of the job. That's where he went, what he saw the guys doing. Before he realized, because all those things like drinking and and all those, they lead to other things. It doesn't stop there. Uh, Pastor, where in the Bible they say drinking is a sin? Uh, uh, Even Jesus turned water into wine. You keep quoting those type of stupid scriptures to me. It is, it's a bridge. Every bridge leads you to another place. Am I making sense? It leads you. That one itself is not the sin, but it's where it leads you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You get drunk and you wake up in somebody's bed in the morning and you find your clothes are off. And you don't know the person from Adam. Who knows somebody who knows somebody? Who has? You don't know anybody. Hey, you don't know somebody who knows somebody. Who knows somebody? Then you wake up in the morning. You're trying to find the person. As the person goes into the bathroom, you are trying to find the bag to see whether she's called Monica or, or Juliana. Or, because you don't know the name. And you don't even remember what happened because you're so drunk.
We don't like them, this type of messages in the house. It's a very simple song. It's a simple message. It's a song that I've turned into a message that I'm preaching. <laughs> it's great changes I met God. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. The things I used to see, I don't see them. The places I used to work, I don't work there anymore. Any, any other thing. The things I used to touch. It's a very, very simple message. Hallelujah. Moses, you cannot afford to keep all these things. Your life has to be sacrificed. Your life, your very life. Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But you seek it first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Amen. A few things I want you to pick, pick up from here. Number one, worry about tomorrow and tomorrow next and the things you have. and th- All those anxiety are all part of the things you used to do that you must stop doing. Ah. You don't like that one. You don't like that one. See, that's what I want to talk about. The, the big sins, you all are in it. Now I've come to your, your bedroom. You see that you're struggling. Because that worry means you don't have faith. You have to sacrifice your, you know, everybody wants to control things that comes their way, control their life, control the things, control everything. You want to have your hand on the steering wheel all the time. No. The Gentiles have their hand on the steering wheel. What we eat, what we wear, where we sleep. Says that the Lord knows you have need of those things. The Gentiles are running around to and fro all for these things. Why do you think some ladies have like four or five boyfriends and girlfriends? Four or five boy sugar daddies around. It's for what they will wear, what they will eat, what they will sleep. How many of you know that? All they run around is it's just for security. I want to guarantee that I will get something to eat, a place to stay, and some things to wear. Because life really consists of these three things. Don't wear the same clothes all the time. The other day, I looked at, I think it was Sunday. I said, we worry ourselves in this life. How many know that? We worry ourselves so much. Last Sunday, I wore a suit. And that suit, I got it in 2008. 
That jacket I was wearing, the suit I was wearing, it was from 2008. 2008. And it's 2022. And I'm still wearing it. And it still looks nice. 2008 was when I got it. We don't need as many clothes as we think of. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Every time you're running around, the new fashion skirt, you have to change your wardrobe. You, have to change. you don't need all those things. Causing worry for nothing. Fear and panic for no reason. Then once you have enough, just look after them well. That's all. Every day you're buying, every day you're going to shop, every day you're buying, every day you're going to shop, every day you're buying, every day you're going to shop. What for? So you are doing things that you cannot, you don't have to do. You know that these things are not right to do, but you have to do them to, to be able to afford the things that. Jesus help them. They are not getting the message. The message is not working. Lord help them. Help them. As for me, I'm okay, Lord. I don't need your help to do what I'm doing. But I think they need more help. (laughs) They need more help to get them to listen to the message. Listen, Christianity is about these things. This is what Christianity is about. It's not about, you know, the things that we make it. You know, blessings and we are receiving and receiving. No, 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 no. Our, it says that, take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy. This is the yoke. And my burden is light. This is the yoke and the burden. There must be a change in you. Because it is that change that will affect somebody to also become transformed. When God loved us, he gave his only son to pay the price. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for our sin. So that price had to be paid. The price was blood. Are you with me? And you see, when a lot of people hear that scripture, they think that it means that The pouring of the blood is what is needed to save people. But that is not what the scripture is saying. The Bible says that the life is in the blood. Are you getting it? The life of the animal or the life of the person is in the blood. When the blood oozes out, life oozes out. Are you with me? So the life is the price. So when Jesus paid the price, he laid down his life. He says that no man takes my life, but I lay it down. The life is the price. And your life is also the price for somebody else. Are are you getting it? So when you lay down your lifestyle, you lay down your life, the things you like to do with your life, you are paying the price for somebody else to be transformed. Because you challenge somebody with that life. Amen. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because when you don't pay the price, 
Nobody will be saved. That's why today we are not saving anybody. Because we, we are not laying down our life. In uh, John 15, I think it's 21, there, greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his, look for that scripture for me. Greater love has no man than this. I think 16. Look at verse 16, I think. Kieran, can you help me? I think it's either six, one of those scriptures there. Sister, can you find a scripture for me? 13. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his what? Friends. So laying down the things we used to do, the things we used to say, the places we used to go, the people we used to move with, all that is part of our lives. Amen. And God, Jesus is saying that there is no greater love than this for a man to lay down his life for his friends. So you are laying these things down, not necessarily for your own self, because your price, your, your, your salvation has already been paid for. But you need to lay your life down for others also to receive. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus was saying that if you don't take up your cross to follow me, follow me with where? Follow Jesus where? Follow me by following my example. I lay down my life for you. You also lay down your lives for others. You, I'm not asking you to go and be crucified on the cross. Just crucify the old man. Crucify the old you. So that others will see. Nah, this person used to be like this. They are no longer like that. This person used to do this. They don't no longer do it. This person was like this. He's no longer like that. That is the life and that is the price. Take upon you my yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Stand to your feet.